1: Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Pound for Pound podcast Here on the Fight Game Media Network This is your host, the original great Rob Silver And today, as normal on this show We will have a three-part podcast Three segments in one podcast We will begin by looking at Anthony Joshua And Rose B. Ramirez's huge wins this past Saturday night We will have another question and answer session, and today I will do part one of my historical overview of who I consider the second greatest fighter of the last 45 years. We'll be looking at the pretty boy Floyd era at 130 pounds between 1998 In 2001, well, we go back to 1996 because that's when he turned pro. In 2001, that's my second greatest fighter of the last 45 years, pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. We'll be looking at his career from 96 to 2001, part one of a multiple-part breakdown, historical overview of his career. But before we begin to talk about the fights that happened this past weekend i want once again i want to hammer down to the listeners i mean i thoroughly encourage you guys that listen that enjoy my show that are loyal listeners to the pound for pound podcast to go ahead and subscribe to my patreon the fight game media network patreon in which I have a series that has gotten nothing but rave reviews, The Life and Times of Muhammad Ali in which I take a look at the 10 biggest fights of his career. We do a watch along, we watch the fight, I tell you guys to mute the fight after I give you the timestamp, timestamp of the of when the fight begins. And I announce the fight from beginning to end, to end as we recreate The atmosphere, what was going on during the time of that fight During the era of that fight Each episode, it's a 10 part series Already two have been recorded and are on the Patreon feed His May 1985 first round knockout of Sonny listed in their rematch And his November 1965 12th round knockout of Floyd Patterson I talk about what's going on in America, what's going on in the world, what's going on in Ali's personal life, as told to me by my father, because I wasn't alive by, back then. My father would have been 16 years old when Muhammad Ali won the heavyweight championship of the world, February 25th, 1964, 16 days after my father turned 16. So everything I talk about doing the life and times of Muhammad Ali's historical overview tribute are the thoughts and opinions and facts that my father talked about throughout my entire childhood and early adulthood as my father passed away 23 years five dollars a month and i'm telling you guys you will love it you can also get access You will also have access to the 10-part Greatest Upsets in Boxing History series I did last year, as well as the four-part review series that we did of the docu-series from Hulu, the dramatic docu-series from Hulu on the Life and Times of Mike Tyson, the, the show starring Trayvon Rhodes that aired last September on Hulu. And I did that show with the CEO of Fight Game Media Network, Jared Gonzalez ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend you guys go ahead and even if it's just for one month um, subscribe to the patreon and take and take a listen it's in my opinion the finest work of my entire now 12-year podcast career now on to Saturday night's fights ladies and gentlemen, there's been a lot of criticism levied at Anthony Joshua, and to me, it's unwarranted. Anthony Joshua has fought everybody. He's never ducked anybody. He fought Alexander Usyk when nobody wanted to fight Alexander Usyk. Fought him twice. Lost two very close decisions. It wasn't like Usyk mopped the floor with him. Both fights were very tough, and Usyk had to pull it out down the stretch. Yes, he had no business losing to Andy Ruiz because I think Andy Ruiz is an overrated fighter. But let's not uh, let uh, le- let's not take away from the fact that after getting knocked out by Andy Ruiz, he came back and he easily defeated Andy Ruiz by a twelve round decision to regain the heavyweight championship the world. He's got three losses. He avenged one of them, to Anthony Ruiz. I mean, to Andy Ruiz. He lost two very close decisions. And without a doubt, he lost those fights. But it was very competitive. And he tired down the stretch and losing to Alexander Yusick. So he goes and hires Derek James. And he goes to Texas to train. And you see Anthony Joshua, who's always had a tremendous left jab, work on. Work on that jab and do everything off that jab to soundly defeat a very game and tough Jermaine Franklin Saturday night well Saturday afternoon in 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 the United States at a sold out Oz Arena. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Joshua continues to be one of the biggest box office superstars in boxing. He sells out every place he goes. He has he has sold out. Staples Center, Madison Square Garden, the uh the O2 Arena. I said, if I said eyes, I apologize. The O2 Arena in London. He has even sold out Wembley Arena and Wembley Stadium in London. The man is pure box office, whether in America, Europe, the Middle East, he's guaranteed box office. Now, why is Anthony Joshua so popular? Well, Look at him. Now, while I was watching the fight this morning before I recorded the podcast, my mother, who's 75 years old, and I've been taking care of my mother since my father died 23 years ago, the same um, my, um, my as I promised to my father on his deathbed that I would take care of his wife, my mother, after he passed away, she came into the living room, And she saw I was watching boxing and she sucked her teeth. Then she looked at Anthony Joshua and she was like, oh, he's such a beautiful looking man. I said, yeah, well, without a doubt. The reason why Anthony Joshua is such a huge box office star, wherever he goes, why he sells tickets is not only can he fight and people stop criticizing his fighting style. He can fight. The man has had a tremendous career. If Anthony Joshua retired today, if I had a vote for the International Boxing Hall of Fame, I'd vote him in right away. He beat, he knocked out, he knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. Tyson Fury could knock out uh, Vladimir Klitschko. Even though they both beat Tyson Fury, Joshua had to get up off the deck to knock out Klitschko. Okay, He fought everybody. He knocked out Povetkin. He knocked out Dillian White. Dillian White wants another fight, man. Fuck Dillian White. Okay, he beat Joe Parker, who had just beaten Andy Ruiz. He beat Ruiz in the rematch, and he gave Alexander Usyk, in my opinion, Usyk's two toughest fights in Usyk's phenomenal professional career. the reason why he's such a great box over star he's a beautiful looking man he's got a perfect a perfect body six foot seven two hundred and fifty pounds of a sculptured african god okay and to make a fight he's got a tremendous left jab and kudos to derek james he is doing with anthony joshua what Emmanuel Stewart did with Lennox Lewis, and that is have everything come off that beautiful jab of his, and throughout the fight with Jermaine Franklin, he stood tall, he banged that jab, he landed beautiful right crosses off that jab, Jermaine Franklin has a tremendous chin, somebody else would have got knocked out, anybody else would have got knocked out, Franklin took a ton of punishment, while Joshua... Stood tall and boxed And people criticizing him Saying oh he looked He didn't look too impressive He impressed the hell out of me right? And if he continues this to fight like this He has a shot in my opinion To beat both Deontay Wilder And Tyson Fury If those fights ever come across And are made Now I agree with Anthony Joshua Dillian White doesn't He's wasting his time fighting Dillian White Anthony Joshua now has to fight Either Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury He doesn't He doesn't deserve another fight With Usyk because he's lost two consecutive times To Usyk but he does Deserve an opportunity To face Either Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua will sell out Wembley Stadium Within an hour. Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. Will sell out any arena in the United States. The the Staples Center. Madison Square Garden. Barclays Center. T-Mobile Arena. Hell you put it in Dallas. uh, Cowboy Stadium in Dallas Texas. Easily 50 to 60 thousand people. Will pay to see that fight. I want to see Joshua Wilder. I want to see Joshua Fury. I don't want to see Joshua against anybody else. I need Anthony Joshua. In a huge fight. Huge, big, a huge payday for all the combatants involved
0: NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan even if you live far away like maybe you like the Bears but you're hibernating in Panthers territory but with NFL Sunday Ticket your out of market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control NFL Sunday Ticket now on YouTube and YouTube TV place for a happy price. Go to your happy prize priceline.
1: Now on to the the main the main fight Saturday night. And we saw Ropesy Ramirez win the WB August, the WBO title, I believe, at hundred and thirty pounds, the junior or is it no the hundred and twenty-six pound featherweight. Robesie Ramirez, two-time Olympic gold medalist against former junior featherweight champion Isaac Dogbe. Dog Isaac Dog Bay is a brawler, period. He has no boxing ability. He's a brawler. He tries to knock you out. He's He fires missiles, and because of that, he's wide open for counters, and his defense is atrocious. And Rope C. Ramirez stayed calm, and with that Cuban style... His style is similar to a Luis Ortiz, similar to a, what's my brother's name, Guillermo Regandau, where he tries and catch, catches you with that left cross counter. And he caught Dog, bee, dog Bay, I apologize for calling him Dog no dog dog, dog Bay, he caught Dog the, the Ghanaian Dog Bay all night long with that left cross. Now, you could make an argument that Isaac won the first two rounds, but from rounds three to when he knocked down Dog Bay early in the 12th round, Ramirez was landing that left cross counter at will all night long. Beautifully done. Beautiful boxing. He didn't waste any movement. He stayed in the pocket. He would either faint with a jab or or, or set up the jab and counter with the left cross. All night long, he used Dog Bay's aggression against him, his horrible defense against him, and Ramirez, like Joshua early in the fight, not only was working off the jab and landing their crosses, Anthony Joshua's right cross, uh, C. Ramirez's left cross, they did it without getting hit a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, we see a lack of defense in boxing today with the young up and coming fighters These guys have no regard For their future They take far too much punishment Ramirez Made Isaac only land 18% of his punches Throughout the fight Ramirez fought a brilliant fight And he won a lopsided decision I had him winning Uh, I had him winning 10 rounds to 2 and I had Joshua winning nine rounds to three over Franklin. So Ramirez wins his first world title. And now the future is is nothing but positive. Can only go up for Ramirez, who after losing his pro debut has now run off 12 straight wins. And he will be dangerous for anybody at 126 and 130 pounds as he begins his quest to become another legendary Cuban fighter. So ladies and gentlemen, those were the big biggest fights of this past weekend and real quick, my MVP for the week goes to Rosie Ramirez because we all expected Joshua to beat Franklin. I predicted Joshua would knock out Franklin. He didn't. He won by runaway decision, but Ramirez finally shows the greatness that we expected From him after winning two gold medals And defecting to the United States He has a great future ahead of him And hopefully Bob Aram and Tom Rank Will put him in with the other Excellent fighters they have At 126 and 130 pounds Now on To the question and answer session um, For those who Want their questions Answered on the pod Hashtag Silver on Twitter. Hashtag A-S-K-R-O-B-S-I-L-V on Twitter. All right, now, here we go. First and foremost, from a Julian Streeter. Shout out to Julian Streeter, young, young brother that I talk to on Twitter all the time who's very knowledgeable in the sport of boxing. His question is In your opinion, is Floyd Mayweather historically the greatest 130 pound ever title holder? Well, that question will be answered in the historical overview, part one of Floyd Mayweather, later on in today's podcast. So, uh, Julian, hold tight. Your question will be answered shortly. LL School K asked me, How would you rate Joshua Cl- Clotty? On a scale of one to five, as a fighter, maybe a three. More, more, more likely a two point five. Joshua Clady had a solid career, but when you go a scale of one to five, a five is a Hall of Fame fighter. Joshua Clady was not a Hall of Fame fighter. A four is a great career and borderline Hall of Famer. Joshua Clady's not a Hall of Famer. Three is a good fighter. 2.5 is a decent fighter. I'll give Claudia a 3. Good fighter. He was a good fighter. He beat Zab Judah to win the vacant IBF title. Then in his next fight, lost a very close decision to Miguel Cotto. Gave Cotto hell. And then the fight after that, because Cotto would then lose his title to Pacquiao after beating Claudio. Actually, no. Let me backtrack there a second. I Cotto lost. Yeah, because this was after this was after Cotto had uh, been uh, massacred by Antonio Margarito. OK, yeah. And then Cotto would lose that title again to Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao then defended against Claudie and Clyde did everything he could to survive. Clyde didn't try to win and Clyde lost. Uh. Uh, I mean He was bombarded over 12, A lopsided 12 round decision Claudie lost And after that Claudie mailed it in Fought a few more times Even fought a few years ago But was never again A Real contender For a world title shot Manny Pacquiao All but finished him off Claudie only lost Five, five times Was never knocked out And that's Considering Cloudy lost To Antonio Margarito Miguel Cotto And Manny Pacquiao he never got knocked out. He beat Zab Judah. That's his biggest win. Not enough to warrant a four, and definitely not a five and a trip to Hall of Fame. So uh, that answers your question, LL. Okay, next question. I know I got a question. Yeah, my uh, my my buddy Luigi. Luigi, ask answer, please. How do you think a fight between David Benavides and Boo Boo Andrade plays out? I favor Andrade to tie him up a knot and win the decision. I like Andrade a lot, just too, ina- too inactive. I will, I will save my answer for if they ever fought each other. The only thing I will say, Luigi, because I don't like to predict fights that might happen down the line. This will definitely be a tough fight for either fighter. Benavidez showed in his fight versus Caleb Plant a week ago that he can cut off the ring successfully. Um, But Plant is not the defensive fighter Demetrius Bubu Andrade is. Andrade, in my opinion, is a much better fighter than Caleb Plant. Very tough fight. I'm not going to say right now where I lean, because I don't think that fight's going to happen right now. I think what I think is going to happen is, and I hope I'm right, that Benavides fights Canelo, and the winner of that fight should fight Andrade. Fingers crossed on all of those, on all on on all of those are uh, coming to fruition. Now on to. Three questions from my New Orleans friend, my, my buddy from New Orleans, Terrence. Terrence asks, three first of three questions, what do you think about the Derek Carr signing by the Saints? Terrence, Derek Carr has never impressed me. To me, he's a run-of-the-mill quarterback. He doesn't have any speed. Um, I've never been impressed by his arm. He ain't no Drew Brees, and you know we're not seeing another new Drew Brees coming in. But if you're going to spend all that money for Derek Carr, why couldn't they go out and get a Lamar Jackson, Terrence? Imagine Lamar Jackson in the Superdome, eight or nine times a year. You know how you're you new you're a New Orleans native. You've been to several Saint games. I've only been to two. When I was living there in the late 80s You've been to several Saints games Throughout your entire career Lamar Jackson when you all is being a black city Lamar Jackson Would light up the Superdome Every time he steps onto the field That's who they should have went after Not no damn Derek Carr Derek Carr Another run of the mill quarterback That's going to lead to a 9-8 and Maybe 10-7 and season First round uh, Playoff elimination why did Roy Jones stop comment, commentating after HBO? Well, Roy hasn't stopped commentating, um, Terrence. And speaking of Roy, he lost a fight against an MMA fighter, Anthony Pettis, this past Saturday. I'm not going to talk about it because first and foremost, Roy Jones same age as me. 54-year-old Roy Jones does not belong in the ring, right? I'm 54. Roy's 54. Roy needs to be sitting down and announcing regularly for somebody. Okay, Roy has been announcing on and off for Probellum but the fact that none of these streaming services none of these networks have signed Roy who in my opinion is the greatest color commentator in the history of boxing to a contract you got this coon this buffoon Timothy Bradley with his hooked on phonics drop out ass giving you just giving you gibberish every week on television. You got the moron, Sergio Moron and Chris Mannix on the zone, giving you misinformation week in and week out. Roy, for what you're paying those four clowns, two clowns on each uh network, you could combine those salaries, give it to Roy, and just have Roy with. The main announcer with the lead announcer. This it, it just makes no fucking sense that Roy Jones is not announcing for the Zone or ESPN, that he's announcing for a a uh, run-of-the-mill fly-by-night uh, boxing streaming service in Pro Bellum TV. Uh, uh-uh. it's criminal, and Roy should never be allowed to be st- to step in the ring again. And um, one last question from Terrence. If Canelo loses to Benavidez, does that affect his legacy? And why doesn't he want to fight Charlo? I don't know why he wouldn't fight Charlo. But I tell you right now, Charlo doesn't deserve a shot at at, at Canelo. Charlo has done nothing the last two years. But sit back and I don't want to accuse him of extracurricular Substances I'm going to leave that alone The rumors are out there I'm going to leave it at that Pretend I didn't even mention But why isn't he fighting? He hasn't fought anybody of substance in the last two years He doesn't deserve a shot at Canelo Demetrius Andrade and David Benavidez Both earned and deserve shots at Canelo before Charlo Losing to Benavidez will not affect Canelo's legacy. Canelo, Canelo if he died today, would be a first battle hall of famer. Canelo's already Hall of Famer. One of the two or three greatest Mexican fighters of all time, in my opinion. It it'll it'll heighten his legacy if he beats Benavidez. But losing to Benavidez, his legacy stays the same because his his legacy is already cemented. Now, if he beats Benavides, oh my God! You, they won't stop. They they won't stop talking about Canelo if he was to uh, beat Benavides. So, ladies and gentlemen, and Th- Terrence, thanks for those great questions. Ladies and gentlemen, ask Robs. So hashtag Ask Rob Silva. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Silva five seven six eight. Um, I don't get into boxing debates on Twitter. Uh uh-uh. uh, I do not debate because most of the guys that try and come at me on Twitter are between the ages of twenty and thirty, and they don't know one one hundred for what I know historically about boxing. I don't, I don't debate. My opinion is my opinion, and I'm not going to change your opinion. You ain't never going to change the OG Rob Silver's opinion. But you could follow me, and you could follow me, and get the links to my podcast, all the different podcasts I do, uh, the things I uh. Post the historical of uh, of uh, post I, I I post and from time to time I'll talk about what I think is relevant in the in terms of boxing, but I'm not going to debate you. Don't even try it. And if you come at me, stupid, I will block your ass. All right. Now on to my part one historical overview of Floyd. Money Mayweather. Well, no, not Floyd Money Mayweather. Pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. Money Mayweather will be next week. And now, on to my second greatest fighter of the last 45 years. Before the multiple homes and luxury cars. Before the women in entourage. Before the arrogant behavior and lavish lifestyle. Before he was Money Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather was just pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. Arguably already the greatest defensive fighter of all time. He was also the greatest super featherweight that ever lived, bar none. The first time I saw Floyd fight was when he was 19 years old, winning a bronze medal at the 1996 Atlanta Summer Games. My father and I were both impressed with his boxing ability and felt that he could be something special. We were both fans of his uncle Roger when he boxed and thought that Floyd could be a better version of his uncle as he was as he was much quicker We remembered seeing his father Floyd senior who was nothing special as a fighter when he fought At the time Floyd senior was in prison so Roger and their brother Jeff trained Floyd early on in his career Floyd improved immensely his first two years in the ring And after 17 fights, received a shot at the WBC Super Featherweight Champion, Gennaro Hernandez. At this point, Floyd was now being trained by his recently released from prison father. It would be the beginning of an almost 20-year period of boxing superiority for the 21-year-old Floyd. On October 3rd, 1998, the boxing world was introduced to the incredible boxing acumen of Floyd. Hernandez stood 5 foot 11, a full three inches taller than Floyd. Hernandez was a counterpuncher with, with an excellent jab. My father and I figured he would be a very difficult challenge for Floyd. What occurred was Mayweather's coming-out party. For the first three rounds, Floyd brilliantly boxed Hernandez's ears off. Hernandez did not use his jab at all. Instead, he attempted to counter Floyd's rapid combinations. Unfortunately for Gennaro, Floyd's jab, movement, and hand speed were too much to overcome. He made Hernandez look like a statue. Beginning in round four, Floyd began walking Hernandez down and behind his piston jab, punished Gennaro from pillar to post. Finally, at the conclusion of the eighth round, Hernandez's brother and trainer Rudy stopped the fight. When the fight ended, my father said that other than Sugar Ray Leonard, Floyd was the closest fighter he ever saw who fought like Muhammad Ali. My father passed away in 2000, if he only knew how prophetic that comparison would become. Two months later, Floyd made his first defense against the dangerous Puerto Rican from Gary, Indiana, Angel Manfredi. Manfredi had just come off impressive knockout wins over Jorge Paez and Arturo Gatti. Despite those big wins, Manfredi needed a real life angel to get him a win over the vastly superior fighter in Mayweather. Once again, Floyd put on an incredible display of speed and ring generalship. Late in the second round, Mayweather staggered Manfredi with a booming right cross and landed close to 20 unanswered punches before referee Frank Santori wisely stopped the fight. Over the next two years, Mayweather continued to impress as he easily defended his title four times before agreeing to fight 130-pound IBF champion Diego Corrales in one of the biggest fights in the history of the super featherweight division. Also, Floyd made a significant change by firing his father and and rehiring Roger to be his trainer. It was a wise decision, as Roger emphasized offense while his brother was a defensive specialist. Floyd's defense was already at a legendary level. In order for him to defeat the almost six-foot Corrales, he needed to improve offensively. This resulted in one of the single greatest performances in boxing history. One of the biggest regrets I had about this fight was that my father had passed away six months prior to the fight. He would have made a ton of money betting on Floyd, and he would have seen just how Ali-like Floyd was the night of January 20th, 2001. That night, Floyd put on a boxing clinic. Just like he did versus Hernandez, Floyd's jab was on fire. He made Diego look slow and sluggish as he circled and landed at Will. Diego's vaunted right hand hand kept missing the entire night. At the beginning of the seventh round, Mayweather landed a blazing left hook reminiscent of Roy Jones that dropped Corrales for the first knockdown of the fight. A minute later, he dropped Corrales for a second time with another wicked left hook. Then, with seconds left in the round, Mayweather landed a rapid-fire, wicked combination that dropped Diego for a third time. Incredulously, Incredulously, referee Richard Steele allowed the fight to continue. At that point in time, Diego needed a shotgun just to have a chance. It wouldn't have mattered. The next two rounds saw Floyd stalk and batter the now listless former champion Corrales. Diego had been stripped of his IBF crown before the fight for reasons too asinine to bring up. Then in the 10th round, Mayweather landed another blistering left hook that dropped Corrales for a fourth time. After dropping Corrales with a double right cross, Corrales' father, Raywood stopped the fight. Corrales was upset and took a swing at his father. It was the closest he came to landing a significant punch the entire evening. The wind cemented my father's comparison of Floyd to Muhammad Ali. Floyd would successfully defend the 130-pound title two more times in 2001 before relinquishing the title in January 2002 when he moved up to 135 pounds to challenge Jose Luis Castillo, Castillo, the lineal lightweight champion, for his title. And we will pick up with part two next week when we look at the Jose Luis Castillo fight. Um, the so-called controversial decision, the rematch, and his lightweight and junior welterweight run will be part of part two, as this is the first part today of a three-part historical overview of Floyd Mayweather's career. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week when we once again look at Floyd Mayweather's iconic and historic career, I want everybody out there listening, whether you're a boxing fan or not, to continue to be blessed and be a blessing.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.